This is the Excellent Reception Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands together for the astonishing. Hey, good to have you back. I'm your host, Little Dave, and welcome to another episode of Excellent Reception, the podcast where we talk about timeless music and why it's so amazing. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Please take the time to leave a review. These help push up our rankings in the podcast charts so more people can discover excellent reception. The impact that that first decade of hip-hop had on music was immeasurable. By the end of the 80s, it was an international phenomenon with a raw yet quickly maturing sound that was steadily integrating itself into the mainstream culture. As the 90s rolled around, you would start to see more and more artists pushing hip-hop out of its comfort zone. All over the globe, DJs, musicians, and producers were experimenting with new ways to break the rules. One of the offspring of these experiments was the strange bastard child of hip-hop and stepbrother of acid jazz that music journalists would eventually christen with the name Trip-Hop. Trip-Hop used all the tools used to make hip-hop beats and took the music in directions that many purists were afraid to venture into. Instead of focusing on rappers, trip-hop gave the instrumentals a chance to stand out on their own. But it was also inclusive of vocalists with abstract voices and styles. It wasn't as much music for your feet as it was music for your head. The overall feel of the music was deep, dark, and blunted. Yet it had enough funk to make it perfect background music for lounges and coffee shops. Even though there were quite a few success stories, trip-hop was music for the underground made by the underground. The lessons learned from these experiments would eventually seep into the mainstream on albums from artists like Janet Jackson, Lana Del Rey, Madonna, Nine Inch Nails, The Gorillas, and many, many more. On this episode of Excellent Reception, we are going to talk about the down-tempo fusion of hip-hop and electronic music known as trip-hop. On this episode, we are talking about Massive Attack, Portishead, DJ Shadow, Estero, and Attica Blues. This is the Excellent Reception Podcast. While there were some early musical works that foreshadowed its arrival, it was in the spring of 1991 that the album, which many considered to be the first trip-hop album, appeared. The album was called Blue Lines, and the artists were a crew from the UK known as Massive Attack. They took what they learned from their time as DJs and MCs in the legendary Wild Bunch sound system and applied it to this project. In developing the soundscape of Blue Lines, they incorporated live musicians with hip-hop production techniques like chopping samples and looping up breakbeats. But instead of making music for the dance floor, they used those sounds to create a dark, brooding vibe with a cinematic feel. The vocalists on the album, like Tricky and Nana Cherry, can be found playing into the moodiness. With whispering raps 
and singing that avoids the cliches of R&B vocal stylings. My favorite song from the album is Lately. The beat is built around a dusty loop of the intro to the rare groove classic Mellow Mellow Right On by Laurel. The marshmallowy bass line bounces along slowly while the melancholy voice of Shara Nelson sings about loneliness and lost love.
It has been said that while Massive Attack may be considered the pioneers of this sound, it was the band known as Portishead that took it to the next level. Portishead was an innovative musical endeavor helmed by lead singer Beth Gibbons, along with producers Jeff Barrow and Adrian Utley. Their debut album, Dummy, won over audiences in Europe and the U.S. with a style that placed it somewhere between alternative rock and a James Bond soundtrack. At the heart of Portishead's music was an obviously hip-hop-influenced use of dusty samples and drum machines. In order to achieve the gritty texture, it was said that Barrow and Utley would go through a special process. First, they would record the instruments and get them pressed to vinyl dub plates. Next, they would take those records and literally beat them up until they were about as roughed up as an old record you would find in your grandmother's basement. Now, when they sampled the instrumentation, it was full of static and grime, which provided that special warmth and authenticity to their music. Let's listen to a classic tune from Portishead's dummy album called Numb. Yeah. <laughs> 
in the early 90s, Josh Davis, a.k.a. DJ Shadow, could be found raiding old thrift shops, the back rooms of used record stores, and mildew-stained basements in search of the rarest and most unusual records he could find. Dozens, or maybe even hundreds of these records, would be mined for the building blocks that he used to create his critically acclaimed 1996 debut full-length album, Introducing. This landmark album made it to the Guinness Book of World Records for being the first album completely made out of samples. Introducing was made with the bare minimum amount of equipment. Just an Akai MP60 sampler, turntables, piles of records, and an Alessis ADAT tape recorder. Most of the initial work was done at home, but he had to bring everything over to producer Dan the Automator's house to record his ideas into his ADAT machine. The resulting album was filled with deeply personal and emotional instrumental hip-hop, with musical influences spanning folk, psychedelia, soul, jazz, classical, and more. The standout track from DJ Shadow's introducing album is The Haunting Midnight in a Perfect World. Insight, foresight, more sight. The clock on the wall reads a quarter past midnight.
This is the Excellent Reception Podcast. Named after a classic album from jazz musician Archie Shep, UK trip-hop band Attica Blues was formed after group member D. Afro, who these days is known as Charlie Dark, had a chance meeting with a young James Laville, the head of the legendary UK record label Mowax. James offered D. Afro the opportunity to release some music on his label. Even though D. Afro was heavily into music and poetry, he had very little experience in putting music together. So he joined forces with other like-minded individuals, Tony Wachuku and vocalist Roba Eleswe, to figure it all out together. After many long hours held up in the studio, they completed their self-titled debut album. This album combined boom-bap drum programming, effects-filled turntablism, live musicians, and an overhanging jazz influence. Roba's insightful lyrics and moving vocals helped to give the instrumentals an extra emotional context. For a project by first-time recording artists, this album had a level of sophistication and beauty that you wouldn't expect. Let's listen to their debut single, The Blueprint which featured gorgeous live strings from members of the Reggae Philharmonic Orchestra.
Canadian duo, Astero, stepped onto the scene in 1998 with their first and technically only album, Breath From Another. Astero was made up of lead singer Jenny B. Englishman, who later went on to have a solo career as Astero, and producer Doc McKinney, who was also known for his work producing Reese's debut, How I Do, and The Weeknd's House of Balloons album, as well as working with everyone from Drake to Sinead O'Connor. Compared to early trip-hop projects, Breath From Another wasn't as raw-sounding. It was a much more mature studio production, with grand live musical arrangements and an extremely polished mix-down. But at its core, it still had the same forward-thinking, abstract spirit and hip-hop backbone that fueled the innovativeness of trip-hop music. Each of the arrangements on Breath From Another take a different approach, and combined with Astero's serpy vocals, the album doesn't sound like anything else at the time. Let's listen to one of their heaviest songs, called Heaven Sent.
excellent reception. So I just have to say it was really tough to put together this episode because there are way too many great artists in the realm of trip-hop music and too many amazing songs to narrow this down to just a handful. I encourage you to look back through the catalogs of these artists because there will never be another musical era quite like this again. Let me shout out a few of these artists that I would have loved to talk more about. Hopefully I can mention them again on a future episode. DJ Crush, The Herbalizer, Tricky, More Chiba, Luke Verbit, Siba Mato, Nightmares on Wax, Bjork, DJ Cam, but there's so much more than that. All right, well, it's time to go, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in to Excellent Reception. If you love what we're doing here, please spread the word to other music lovers you know. Make sure you check us out at excellentreception.com. And if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Also, you can listen to my broadcast radio show, Eavesdrop Radio, in Philadelphia every Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM or stream it live at wkdu.org. So until next time, this is your host, Little Dave, signing off for Excellent Reception, where we're coming in loud and clear with the sounds you need to hear. This is the Excellent Reception Podcast.